Warmly welcome to listen to WDBE Talks, the podcast for the world of digital built environment. We invite you on a physical and virtual journey from Tallinn to Helsinki in September 2023. Hello and welcome to this episode of WDBE Talks. My name is Arni Heiskanen and my guest is Pyry Hahtela, Chief Operations Officer at Hahtela TVD. We will discuss a planning, design and decision-making process that uses simulation to find optimal solutions from several perspectives of a construction project, including financial and environmental aspects. Puru, it's great to have you on the podcast. Nice to be here, Arne. Thank you. I think that Hastela in Finland is a household name, but... Can you tell our listeners who don't know you so well already about the company, your development work and your role at the company? Our company, Hahtela, is, uh, is quite commonly known in Finland about our work in project management. But what uh, not everybody knows is that actually everything we do is based on our very long career of research. So we've been doing research in the field for almost 50 years. And what how I would describe us is that actually I think we are the leading expert in the construction market research. And that is what everything uh, in our company is built around with. Uh, of course, we have a, a high impact in the project management field. We have a lot of major projects. Uh, we also have consulting where we try to help our clients in many different ways. And also we have our development work, uh, which consists of our software development and also our uh, algorithms and our data and also our research that we do. And uh, I, I have around uh, 170 colleagues uh, at Hahtela. Uh, most of our uh, uh, people are working in project management and then uh, around 50 people are doing the development work. Uh, and uh, uh, the main thing I think uh, is that that is really reflected on everything we do is the history and the idea of how the company was founded. And the company was founded in the, in 75 uh, to actually to develop the construction industry. And the main thing around that uh, time was that how the costs of the building can be controlled during the building process. And that simple question actually led to the realization that we need to control how the decisions in the project are made, how they're made in the project management, how they're made in the design phase, and also how they're made way before design. And actually, all of our services are built around this idea. And around 10 years ago, we started to develop this simulation model that I'm going to be talking about more today. Uh, that was actually what made it possible was the technological development and also that we had enough experience and enough data that we actually wanted to put together. And uh, after this, a little bit more than 10 years of development work, uh, it, I can say that now it, the simulation actually works really well, and I would be happy to tell you more about it. Well, can you also tell a little bit more about yourself? 
Yeah, sure. So I have been part of the research uh, since I was studying. Uh, I've been studying real estate economics. And uh, one of my first things there was uh, developing models for land valuation and also uh, putting together like the uh, investment analysis part of the simulation. So uh, I've been doing that in the product development side. And uh, then I started to take when the simulation was more ready, then I started to take more role in the business de development side. And, and I think my role at this point is mainly to bring, you know, the information from our clients to our product development, you know, so that they know what the actual challenges are and how the simulation works there. And we're working really closely with our customers to find out, you know, how we can help with the simulation uh, to best solve the problems there. I read somewhere that you claim that 80% of a building's carbon footprint is defined before the design phase. Can you expand on this briefly and what are the most critical decisions? Uh, I think where we need to start is that what makes up the CO2 in construction and in the building. And uh, most of the CO2 actually comes from the construction materials. And then also there's uh, a lot of CO2 that comes from the construction site and the logistics. But the main thing is about the building mass and the materials that we build it from. Uh, if we think about what influences the size of the building and the building mass, it's uh, mostly about uh, how big the uh, building and the spaces inside of it is. So uh, what I mean uh, about the uh, early stage decisions is one of the most important one is how big the building becomes. The next big thing is the architectural plan. It influences a lot about the general uh, shape of the building and also uh, a lot of the solutions that are required to support it. And that makes up for uh, the material solutions in a major part. And these are the two biggest ones uh, that affect the CO2. And after that, what we can affect after this is mainly about uh, the material choices. There are some low carbon materials available. And then uh, it's the construction side, it's energy usage and uh, it's logistics. So uh, the thing is that if you take out the size of the building and the shape of the building that's in the architectural plan, you can only influence around 20% of the CO2 after that. And that's where the 80%, 20% comes, that actually based on our experience from uh, over 200 construction sites in our business and based on our extensive research, we can pretty well say that you can't have very high impact uh, when the general size and the shape of the building is already defined. Uh, could you share some of the challenges your clients typically face in sustainable construction? Yeah, well, I think it's the challenges that they face in any construction project, really. It's the main problem is that uh, when you start the project, it's in the early stage that typically you have the need for the project for some reason. So uh, you have the needs for the spaces and you have a very rough definition about that. And after that, in a lot of ways, you go to the design phase to pretty specific things already. And then you start to think about the solutions that you would like to make it more sustainable. You start to calculate the, the CO2 of the building in actually a very late stage of the design. And, and when you do, 
Then you start to realize that there's some things that you might want to change. But if you would want to change anything really big, you would have to go way back to the definitions of why you're building. And it's just not uh, like feasible in many cases at that stage. So what you actually do is you start to make very small choices and it's very hard to have the impact you desire. So, so you have developed a solution for the simulation of a construction project. Can you tell us more about what it is and what it does and who uses it? Yeah, sure. Uh, what I think where we should start before I talk about the solution is is like how you typically go into a construction project. So typically, as I said previously, is that uh, you have an idea, concept about why you need the building. There's some requirements and needs for the spaces. Uh, typically, you have the idea of who's going to use it and why and what they actually need. And this is something that the person who uh, orders the building or, or goes into a construction project has very clearly in their minds. What they would need at this stage is the understanding of how the construction industry is going to solve this problem about supporting this kind of uses for the spaces. What kind of spaces and uh, how how it should be built and, and all of that. And the thing is that you don't really have a lot of choices here. The information is not typically available. What you do in most cases is you go into the design of the building. And then when the design is pretty uh, far already, you have to make a lot of assumptions if you're a designer. And when it's uh, quite finished already, the design, then you start to think about the construction. You take a contractor there. You start thinking about how it's actually going to be built. More designers come into place. And that is uh, typically the the situation where you end up and then you are going to be calculating the CO2 and the costs of the building and all that. But most of the decisions are already made. You made them in the early stage when you describe what you wanted to designers. What our simulation solves is the problem that you don't have this information before you decide to go into the design of the building. And our simulation actually takes all your requirements what you want and what's the functionality you need. And then it actually shows how the designers are probably going to design it and how uh, all of the builders are probably going to build it. So it makes it all transparent, what you don't initially know about the construction industry and how it's going to be working on your building. So are we now talking about a certain workflow, a method or specific digital tools that you use? Yeah, well, um, how explained is a modeling solution. Mm -hmm. So what we have been doing is we've been working for around 20 years or so about uh, recreating in a modeling framework about how how the designers think. So, for example, if you take a very simple thing, uh, uh, you have spaces and you're thinking about the climate control in the spaces and you would, for example, need the climate to be really controlled. So... What the user knows is what the temperature is in the space. But what the designer thinks after that, the technical designer, he, he thinks about the, the size of the space and, and how it needs to be heated, how it needs to be cooled, and uh, how, how far away the central heating system is, how far away the central cooling system is, what kind of uh, solutions you need for the cooling and heating of the space. So that's how design works. It, it works by taking the requirements 
finding out the solutions that are actually applicable to that, and then they apply the best solutions there. So what it typically is that people don't know about this, the designers know it, and it's done by hand on every every each case. But what we have done is take all of this, so all of the thinking of the designers and all of the thinking of the builders, and put it in the one modeling framework. So when you say that you want a certain kind of function, it will first model through what you need, like what what kind of space is going to be built around that need. What you're doing is that defines the space. Then about you know what you want, um, what kind of uh, climate you want. For example, it goes into the space properties, like it needs a cooling system. For example. After this, the, uh, it models the work of the architects and technical designers to define the shape of the building and the technical systems. And after that, you know, it, it goes so deep as to tell about the exact solutions that are going to be bought in the construction market and how the contractors are going to be doing the actual building. So that's how it works. It's a mathematical model for all of this. Could you even say that it's like a digital twin of the process, like a digital twin packed with knowledge of the process? Yeah, exactly. And I, I think what differs about digital twins in um, like how they're usually applied in the industry is that most of these uh, building information models, for example, they, they typically show what the designers have already done in their design work, but they don't show what's going to happen next. So what our simulation model does and why it is actually just a simulation model is it shows what's going to happen next and what's going to happen in the later stages of the project. So what, what are some examples of projects that have used your model in their decision-making uh, process and uh, what were the results? Well, I can't share individual projects here uh, of our clients, uh, but I can say that uh, in our own project management, we have been using uh, different stages of the simulation for more than 10 years. And the last five years, we have been using it in all of our construction projects. And, and we have been having some of the most um, complex construction projects that there are in the industries. For example, hospitals, uh, museums, uh, theaters, uh, complex office buildings, but also like uh, uh, like also uh, residential buildings and uh, also very many mixed buildings. So the thing is that uh, with our project management, uh, we have been using this uh, mostly uh, to steer the project to the uh, requirements of uh, like the who orders the project, but also to the costs of the project. And there we have had really good results of this. The CO2 we have been using for uh, only a few years already, but based on our research from our projects, uh, we can very clearly show that these are really related to each other. So for example, in one of our projects, we had uh, an architectural competition that there were four uh, uh, like uh, architectural plans that were thought to be like as good quality as the other. So there were no real differences about how well they satisfy the user's needs and how good they look and so. 
But there were very big differences. It's almost uh, over 20% difference in costs and in uh, CO2. And what we found out is that actually where the costs go up, the CO2 goes up as well. And where the costs go down, the CO2 goes down as well. But still, you don't need to, you know, uh, cut from quality because all of these were thought to be as good solutions. My initial idea was that you would walk us through a simulation process, but I, I think you already did that, or do you have something to add? Yeah, well, basically, I, I think I explained the simulation quite well already, but I think the main thing to understand there is like it's a systemic solution. It's not a database solution alone. Uh, it, it has all of the structure of how the industry operates built inside of it. It just, you know, in a modeling framework. And I think that's the main thing there, that when we have the actual modeling framework about how the designers are going to be designing this, how the builders are going to be building it, and then we can do it all the way, like from the very early stages to the very end stages. That actually makes it work, because then when we add the data to it, we can actually get really good results. I think the main problem in, in many solutions is that that they only try to solve a very small part of it, and it never really gives the whole picture. And I think that's the most important thing. Well, uh, sometimes ecological and financial considerations uh, may be at odds with one another. How does your simulation help balance these uh, these and, and possibly other project requirements? When you think about the really big things in a project, um, the CO2 and the costs of the project are not in contradiction to one another. The thing is that when you build something, it creates costs, of course, and it creates CO2 always. Uh, what If you want to influence this in a big way, you should think about what you are building and does it actually serve the needs and does it create value and in many construction projects we do a lot of things that don't really create value or and don't really you know make the users needs any more satisfied and that puts us to a lot of uh, like uh, extra costs and a lot of extra co2 and, and that is like how I said it, it's 80%. Of course, there's the 20% you can do. You can use low carbon materials. You can like uh, use more sustainable energy in a construction site, but you can really only influence a very small part of it there. And I think all of the uh, very expensive solutions, uh, they are uh, about solving really small parts of the CO2 problem, whereas the big solutions there are actually very cost efficient and actually will most of the time save you money from the whole project. There are solutions out there that have been advertised as being CO2 emission reducing and environmentally friendly, but they can be costly. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think the, why is it so It's that you know, we try to find solutions in a place that is really hard to find solutions, uh, and that's going to cost us. So, for example, it's if, if you think about it, if you build a building that has a lot of concrete, it will have a lot of CO2 since concrete creates a lot of CO2. 
Of course, you can think about how you can make the concrete, you know, uh, low carbon, but it's still going to cause emissions. The low carbon concrete is also going to cost you more. I don't say it's a bad solution. It's a great solution. But the thing is that if you can reduce the amount of con concrete you use, that's going to have a really big impact. And I think that's the same thing, you know. Every single uh, part of concrete you have, all steel beams you have, you know, every resource you use is going to be more from the natural resources. It's going to have an ecological impact, but it's going to cost you as well because everything costs you money. You, you mentioned that you can use the simulation on several types of projects, but can it be used, for example, for retrofitting existing buildings since uh, since renovation is uh, is becoming more and more common and, and needed? Yeah, so uh, it works in a multitude of buildings. As I already said before, it's, it's been used in many different types of buildings. But also, I think the main thing is that you shouldn't think about buildings as building types. Buildings have different functions. And you know, a single building type can actually have many different functions. So when you combine different kinds of usage in a building, you have to think about it as a one whole. It, it You should think about the building as it could have anything in it. And that's how we think about the simulation. If you think about the retrofitting and uh, uh, conversions and that, that kind of thing, I think the main thing there is just that you have the same starting point as you have with new construction. You have the need, uh, you have the requirements for, for the spaces that you need. And, and what you then need to know is that how the construction industry is going to solve this problem. And there's different kinds of solutions if you go into new construction and different kinds of solutions in the retrofitting. Uh, you have to take into account how, how the building is right now. And you don't think about building from scratch. You're thinking about what you're going to be saving there and what things you have to build new and what you can repair. And it's just like different kinds of design solutions and different kinds of construction solutions. But it's the same thing uh, altogether. So yeah, it works for that as well. How does your company ensure the accuracy of the simulations and their results? It's a good question. And I think uh, there's two things uh, of this. So I think the first thing is how the simulation is built. So as the simulation is built to mimic the way the designers think, it's actually we can have a lot of validation from designers and we can have a lot of validation from a lot of literature that we have on the industry. There's certain ways that typically things are going to be designed. And for example, in technical design, it's, it's very straightforward how things need to be done so they actually work. So we can validate it in many ways. Uh, then what we can think about when we have validated it uh, is, is that when we actually know that how the problems of the user are going to be solved in the construction industry, after that, we know what we're going to be building. We know, you know, every solution and everything that's every material. And then when you want to know the actual level of the CO2 or the costs of the building, then there's a lot of data available. So you know how much a kilo of concrete 
is uh, how how much is the emissions, and you know you know how much a single thing that can be bought from the market costs, and what kind of solutions, how much work it needs to be done, and this is actually something that is quite commonly available data, but of course we gather the data together and then we test it on a lot of uh, projects. So we have our own projects. And for example, this solution has been on the market for uh, around one year. And in that time, uh, our clients have been using it in 60 different projects that have been from many different fields. So uh, I think the biggest thing is that when we tested uh, a lot, we will know better how it fits, but it has been, you know, uh, really accurate already. Well, lastly, uh, how do you see the industry's climate considerations evolving in the next few years and what is your company's contribution? Yeah, well, I think that how it's going to be happening uh, in the industry is that that we already have some uh, uh, indication that that many of the uh, many of the solutions that try to uh, solve the small things considering CO2, they are typically quite hard and they also are typically quite costly. And that's going to be developing, but it's not going to be uh, really fast. And the thing there is that uh, when we actually find out that only affecting the small things, we can really influence the 20% of the CO2. We're going to see that the impact we're trying to get is not as big as we need it to be. And then we're going to be shifting into the big decisions. And the big decisions are just what I talked about, like uh, how much we really need space and are the buildings we construct, are they really serving the user's needs? Uh, and producing zero waste in terms of like functionality, because there's, there can be a lot of waste in functionality that people don't actually use. And, and then we're thinking about the next thing is that when we have the design solutions, how resource efficient they are. So are we using like uh, structures that use a lot of concrete, or a lot of steel that are um, using a lot of like uh, the building mass but not creating a lot of usable space. And that's the next big thing also in, in design that has to be taken into account if we want to influence CO2. And I'm sure that that's going to be taken into account in the, in the future. I think it will go even beyond that. It will go into about should we build at all or should we be using the buildings we already have? That's not always possible. So when we build, we should be building it better and more efficient. And I think here is where the real impact actually lies. So Peru, I think you made your point very clear and this has been a really interesting discussion. Let's uh, continue the discussion at WDBE in September. So see you there. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'll be there uh, telling you about it in more detail and uh, hope to see all of our listeners there as well. Thanks for listening. Join us at wdbe.org.